You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on a happy New Year edition of Locked On SEC. On today's show, full reaction to the Florida Gators getting beat down by Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Why, why Kyle Trask yeah, probably would have been better served opting out of the game along with many of his teammates. Also, we will hear from some of the SEC coaches ahead of their bowl games happening Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. A quick look at all seven remaining SEC bowl games. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. All right, let's jump into it. We got to recap a little bit before we look ahead to some of the other bowl games. Let's recap a little bit on what happened last night with the Florida Gators. My goodness. Goes to the near side and it is picked off. Norwood, pick six. Trey Norwood. His last five games, make it five out of six. Watch Trask stare down his intended target, and Trey Norwood, eyes on the quarterback, steps in front, and strolls in the end zone for a second quick Sooner touchdown. What was that, Dan Mullen and company? I understand Florida was shorthanded. Look, before, you know, all week we talked about the fact Kyle Trask and company were going to be without their four best receivers. That includes Kyle Pitts, uh, the guy who's going to go top 10 in next year's draft. Great tight end. But we also found out earlier in the afternoon yesterday, reports came out Florida would be without four defensive starters, including Ventrell Miller, their leading tackler, D lineman Kyrie Campbell, unbelievable with all the losses it just started to mount up and mount up and mount up and then we see Kyle Trasco out there and not be very sharp three first half interceptions for him now a couple of them were balls that were tipped but inexcusable and Kyle Trask goes out there in his swan song what's supposed to be his last hurrah as a Florida Gator he does something he Hadn't done in any start previous as a Florida Gator, and that's not throw a touchdown pass. It was unbelievable. Emory Jones, we saw him in there, and eventually he kind of took over in the second half. But even he was inconsistent, and Florida left a lot of points out there, scoring drives that would just stall out. And, look, I understand not having all your weapons going to hurt you, but I feel like Dan Mullen and company should have had a better game plan going into this one. And I saw some people tweeting out, you know, they were disappointed in some of the players for opting out. Kyle Pitts, I know some people said, look, we get it. You're going to be top 10 pick in the draft. But then he filmed a video on his cell phone that apparently he sent to the team from his like house where he's like hey guys sorry I can't be with you but best of luck and then you had Kadarius Tony and Trevon Grimes Copeland gets a pass because he got COVID but I think somebody put on social media they said it's funny how 
players transfer from colleges and have cool graphics saying how much they loved it there. And I'm a Gator for life. But then you leave the program <laughs> before the season's over. Uh, I think uh, one one guy I follow on Twitter said, if you make a commitment and the school gives you hundreds of thousands of in free education, at least finish the season. Wouldn't you owe it to your teammates? I say all that to say, look, it, those guys, it's their decision to do what they want with. But from a standpoint of leaving your guys high and dry, Kyle Trask was left high and dry. I mean, look, Whittemore, Wells, Shorter, all those guys are second string receivers. And going up against a really good team like Oklahoma, no excuse to score as little points as they did in that one last night. On the flip side, as of the recording of this, Todd Grantham is still employed by Florida. I don't think that lasts very long. In fact, by the time you're listening to this podcast, news may have already come out that Florida and Todd Grantham part ways. But I think if you're a Gators fan, man, you've been asking for it all season long, saying, you know, Todd Grantham is not the answer. Like, I understand there was a time where he was a really good defensive coordinator. He was even a pretty good defensive coordinator last year. But this year, it just looked like, and and I understand personnel is part of it. I understand you lost a lot of pieces, but, man, no excuse ever for Florida to have as bad of defense as they fielded this year. I mean, it felt like it, we it, we neglect to discuss, you know, all the numbers that Kyle Trask and company put up on offense. I mean, record numbers. But they still lost three games. <laughs> you lose to LSU, obviously on the shoe throw, but you still gave up more points than you should have to LSU. You couldn't stop Alabama's offense for anything in the SEC championship game. And, of course, the loss on the road to Texas A&M earlier in the year. All I'm saying is, if Florida has a typical Florida defense, you know, what we come to expect, where they're in the conversation of DBU with Florida or with LSU and the like, that Florida defense, if they're up to par, Florida's undefeated and playing in the playoff right now. They were not... Todd Grantham was not, and it would be a huge mistake if Florida opts not to part ways with Todd Grantham. Like I said, I think they will, but the game just happened, and I think we're all kind of still digesting it. Man, what an absolute bloodbath that was at the hands of Oklahoma. On the flip side, I don't think Oklahoma's that good. Florida made them look like world beaters. I think Somebody said on social media, is Oklahoma going to be in the conversation for preseason number one next year? No! Florida was, out, was without like 12 dudes. Like, you beat Florida's B team. No! But it does make you wonder if Kyle Trask would have been better served sitting out that game. You know, that maybe that's one where he should have just handed the reins over to Emory Jones and said, hey, look, all my guys that I rode with all year opting out, I'm going to opt out too. Like I said, some people on social media said, shout out to Kyle Trask for sticking it out. I think even Matthew Barry of ESPN said it's great leadership by him to play. But again, I think when you look at 
all the all the teammates that had opted out of this one, Trask was left alone on an island, and it was miserable. Uh, real quick, coming up in the next segment, we're going to look ahead to the other seven bowl games happening in the next couple days in the SEC. I just wanted to give a shout-out to SEC Basketball Tennessee. What a beatdown of Mizzou last night. Two top 12 teams, Tennessee number seven, putting it on Mizzou. 73-53 at Missouri. Take that, Quanzo Martin. Uh, Mississippi State with a 10-point win on the road at Georgia. Good for them. Georgia, their first loss of the season. Arkansas is legit, man. They go into Auburn and win 97-85. They remain undefeated. Arkansas is a really good team, and I don't know why they're not ranked. And then Florida, shout out to them going on the road and winning at Vandy at 91-72. And the Gators looked uh, really, really good despite not having uh, their best player on the court. So, uh, anyway, just a quick recap on SEC basketball. We'll get into a lot more SEC basketball conversation next week once we get past all the ball games, but we got a lot to dissect. Coming up next, we'll preview the rest of the SEC bowl games happening in the next couple days. Are you guys ready for some football? College football, of course, in the midst of the bowl season. There are some big matchups happening this weekend. NFL regular season will be coming to a an end. Playoff picture getting a little bit more clearer, and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust and that is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Just some of the games that we're looking at heading into this uh, holiday week and weekend. Tomorrow, we've got Mississippi State. They are a one-and-a-half-point underdog against Tulsa. That's a fun one to get in on. And then the, on Friday, of course, Georgia is still a seven-point favorite over Cincinnati, according to betonline.ag. I got a feeling I know where I'm leaning on that one. George had some opt-outs, but uh, you can preview it all at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Hey guys, betting on the SEC does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You'll get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets, the podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I wanted to get into it and preview some of the uh, bowl games happening across the SEC, and we'll kind of combine that with a segment we haven't done in a while. We'll hear from some SEC coaches talking about those matchups as we prepare to discuss them. Let's do it. Let's hear from SEC coaches. SEC coaches. And we start with tomorrow, New Year's Eve. 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern. It is Mississippi State, who is three and seven, going against top 20, top 25 ranked Tulsa, ranked number 24 in the country. They went six and two. This game will be played in Fort Worth, Texas. It's the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, and Tulsa is just a one and a half point favorite. 
crazy to think that a three and seven team is only a one and a half point underdog in a bowl game against a top twenty-five team. Just kind of tells you a little something about where the SEC is compared to was this Tulsa from the uh, American. Well, here was Mike Leach discussing what to expect from Tulsa. A uh, good, sound team, well coached. Uh, they play together well. That's, I guess, the biggest thing that jumps off the screen is they play together well. Uh, they're a little bit older group, so you know those guys are used to playing with one another. And uh, and so I, I would say the overall execution is probably the biggest thing. I mean, um, and they have some individuals that are good. Uh, they're big in the secondary, but. You know, the biggest thing I would say is how they execute. 47 degrees, the expected game time temperature, and heavy rain. So I wonder if that, you know, maybe you lean on Tulsa because they've got a decent running back and Corey Taylor. Mississippi State doesn't run the ball at all. They're just going to try to fling it around the field with Will Rogers. Weather could play a factor in that one. And then coming up on Friday, it's number nine, Georgia playing 9-0 and Eighth-ranked Cincinnati in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Again, 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And BetOnline.ag currently has the Georgia Bulldogs as a seven-point favorite still, even with all the opt-outs. But the big guy to watch out for in this one is on the Cincinnati side of things. Desmond Ritter, their quarterback, dual-threat guy. He can throw it. He can run it really a pain to defend here's kirby smart discussing cincinnati quarterback desmond ritter he's smart you know he puts him in the right play a lot i think they put a lot on him check wise you can see he does a great job of getting them in the right play Um, you very rarely see them in a play that uh is bad for them meaning when somebody's doing this they're doing this they have an answer for whatever you do and he's done a great job of putting them in the right play and he's really good athlete i think it's deceiving how fast he is because he has uh, really long legs. So he when, he when he takes off running, I mean, you see him outrunning people all over the place. Uh, and, and, you know, when, when you start outrunning linebackers and DBs in college football, it says a lot about your speed. And there's times where plays have broken down. He's turned those into uh, big-time gains and big-time plays. But just a tremendous passer, tremendous, tremendous athlete. When you talk about dual-threat capabilities, he's got really good people around him. Bet Online has the over-under in this one at 51. I may be leaning the over in this one just for the simple fact I think Cincinnati's going to score some points with Desmond Ritter, and I think Georgia's going to score some points with JT Daniels, Amir White, and company. I would maybe lean the over. I don't know if I would trust Georgia minus the seven, though, but we'll see. Also on Friday at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern on ABC. It's the camping, or rather the Citrus Bowl from Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Auburn, 6-4, taking on 6-2 Northwestern. Northwestern is the favorite in this game. They're still a a three-and-a-half point favorite, according to Bet Online. Kevin Steele asked, who is Northwestern like if you had to compare them to an SEC team you faced this season? In terms of their their scheme, they're a little bit uh, a little bit like Georgia schematically, and uh, maybe in some ways Kentucky. Uh, I would say the the most similar would probably be Kentucky in terms of uh, schematically. Uh, they're very 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 well coached. Uh, they play extremely hard. They they do not beat themselves. They execute very well. 
little bit more from Kevin Steele. He was asked, have you had any involvement with Coach Brian Harson? We know he's been hired. He was officially introduced as the next Auburn head coach. He's been around the building. But what's the dynamic there with the current coaching staff preparing for the game, Kevin Steele acting as interim head coach, but the new guy not really involved with the game planning? Uh, it's been minimal because obviously he has a lot on his plate, so he's doing what he does, and, and we're doing something totally separate, and they're they're not joined at this point in time. But uh, I've seen him around the building, and then uh, we've had uh, we had uh, he had a Zoom conference call with with all of us, and then he's been around some of the players. It's been uh, I think it's good they they're getting to see him and get a feel for him, but. Other than that, it, it really hasn't, you know, been in terms of he's here, so he's kind of involved in the bowl. He's allowed us to to keep that totally separate from him. It's got to be pretty awkward with that coaching staff. <laughs> Some guys not knowing, am I going to be back next year? Are you going to be back? What's the deal? Uh, grab a quick break. When we come back, more hearing from the SEC coaches preparing for the bowl games, and we'll hear from Nick Saban as he prepares for the college football semifinal in the Rose Bowl with Alabama taking on Notre Dame. That's next. Hey, I want to remind you guys about all the great shows we have on the Locked On Network across the SEC, whether it's Locked On Razorbacks, Locked On Auburn, Locked On Vols, Locked On LSU. We've got you covered with a specific podcast for just about every school across the SEC. Subscribe to Locked On, whichever is your favorite SEC team, wherever you get your podcasts. I want to continue on as we uh, continue to hear from some of the SEC coaches, previewing some of the ball games and discussing what to expect. Let's get back into it and hear from Nick Saban as he discusses is number one undefeated 11-0 Alabama Crimson Tide preparing for the number four team in the nation, Notre Dame, as they are heavy, heavy favorites. But online.ag, that line was at 19.5. It's now up to 20. Alabama minus 20. Here's Nick Saban discussing Notre Dame. Notre Dame is an outstanding team, as I mentioned before. Uh, their defense really plays hard, very physical, um, run to the ball, um, really have played well, present lots of problems with some of the things that they do. Uh, so it's certainly going to be a challenge for our offense um, to finish and do things uh, that we need to do to be able to have success against a very good defensive team. You know, offensively, these guys are one of the best offensive teams in the country. They've got lots of weapons outside. They Ian Book distributes the ball really well, run, runs the offense well, makes plays with his legs as well as his arm, can make all the throws. They've got an excellent running game, uh, have really, really good balance, uh, really good tight ends. So, you know, this is a team that, you know, presents a lot of challenges for us in, in every way. And, you know, but that's what we would expect, I guess, from any team that you play, you know, in the playoffs and uh, certainly be a, a great football game. God, Saban is so dry on the microphone. <laughs> he, he's rowdy in practice. He's rowdy on the sidelines, yelling and screaming at everybody. But when the microphone he's face, he's like a librarian sometimes. Uh, his quarterback, Mac Jones, also spoke with the media. He discussed facing one of the top defenses in the country in Notre Dame. It's like that. You got to 
understand that they know where they're supposed to be, um, and you just have to find the right holes in the defense. Um, and obviously, they're really well coached, and they play really hard. You know, whenever someone's getting tackled, there's 9, 10, 11 guys around the ball. So, I mean, it just shows that they play together, and they play really hard, and they're one of the top defenses in the country. A little bit more from Mac Jones giving us a little scouting report on who to watch for on that Notre Dame defense. Yeah, Jeremiah, number six, does a great job. I mean, the guy, you know, obviously won the Buckus Award, and um, you see him on film. He can cover people. He's all over the field. I mean, he creates turnovers, um, causes fumbles, interceptions, all sorts of things. Um, but I think he's kind of like the, you know, the pivotal piece in the defense. But at the same time, they got great players all around. Uh, they create a lot of movement up front in the defensive line, play a lot of different guys. Linebackers are, you know, bigger run-stopper type guys, but at the same time, they're all over the field as well. And in the back end with the four guys in the back end, we already talked about 14. Um, and, you know, he's kind of the leader back there. But all those guys have played a lot of football. It's nine seniors or something like that. So we just got to be ready. Um, you know, they're the top defense in the country and obviously really good on third down too. So we're just looking forward uh, to the opportunity. One more from Mac Jones. He was asked about some of his teammates and Alabama players who had a chance to opt out either prior to the season or during the season. And he says he's proud of all his guys that stuck around and knew they were playing for something this year. You know, when you're becoming a new quarterback in, in, at Alabama, you want to have good playmakers around you, and we have that. But at the same time, those guys came back and kind of put the we before me, and they wanted to win a national championship. And we're kind of where we want to be. Um, and at the same time, you know, I'm just really happy that they've kind of increased their um, stock or whatever you want to call it as, as the season's gone on. And they've just proved that you can come back and work for something and be where you want to be. So we got a little bit of ways to go, but um, I'm really proud of those guys. And I'm just super thankful that they actually did come back and, and I got a chance to play with them for a full year. So that again, Alabama versus Notre Dame, 3 o'clock Central, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN on Friday in the semifinal. On to Saturday we go, January 2nd, as 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Out in Jacksonville, it will be the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, and it'll be 4-6 and six Kentucky taking on 8-3 and three NC State, who was ranked number 23 in the country. And Kentucky is still a favorite. BetOnline.ag has them as a two-and-a-half-point favorite as we speak. Crazy that Kentucky is still the favorite in that game. Here's Mark Stoops discussing how difficult it's going to be to defend NC State. Their rushing attack, two-headed running back duo, they're pretty lethal. We actually really like both of them. They both are really good at getting yards after contact. We do feel like Seven has some home run ability, uh, but they're both just really good players. They're, they're both uh, really solid. They, they, they're, they're hard to tackle. They get yards after contact. Now you're probably going to have to have the dual TV setup going on Friday like I do because uh, I want to watch both NC State, Kentucky, and Ole Miss, Indiana. That's at 11.30 Central, 12.30 Eastern. Get Ole Miss taking on number 11-ranked Indiana on ABC in the Outback Bowl. Lane Kiffin was asked yesterday his thoughts on the college football playoff and are you happy with four teams getting in lane, or should it be more? Yeah, it should be eight. Um, there's too much margin for error for this group of people to decide who the best teams are. And I said, I don't remember what year I said it, maybe two years ago, I think. And 
they listed one through four, and four one four and three beat one and two, and then four beat three. So that just shows you how hard that is for anyone to do, let alone these guys to get in a room and figure this thing out. So, you know, there's nothing saying that the best team's not five, and you know, and then teams knock each other out because different, you know, conferences are different strength, you know, have different strengths, and so, you know, and now you got this argument Notre Dame's in. Well, I'm not saying who should be in, but they just lost their conference championship and beat the team earlier with the backup quarterback, you know, by one score. So no, I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying it's too hard to figure out. So why not let it be eight and let it play out? I feel like Lane Kiffin's in the Mike Leach category of you could literally ask him anything and he'll give you his opinion. Lane, thoughts on the ozone? Lane, what do you think about uh, taxes in America? I feel like Lane would give his speak his mind on just about anything. Uh, yeah. Ole Miss, an underdog in that one, Bet Online has them currently as an eight and a half point underdog against Indiana. Could be fun, could be a shootout. They're going to miss Kenny Yaboa and Elijah Moore, however, Matt Corral and company. And lastly, the last SEC bowl game, well, hopefully not. Hopefully, Alabama is able to beat Notre Dame and advance to the national championship. But the last scheduled as of now bowl game in the SEC will come Saturday night, 7 p.m. Central. 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. It is the Capital One Orange Bowl from Miami as number five Texas A&M takes on number 13 North Carolina. Here's Jimbo Fisher discussing playing North Carolina and the head coach, Mac Brown. We're very happy and excited to be in the game and play a, a great opponent in North Carolina. And uh, like I can say having Mac Brown, who I, you know, I think is one of the great coaches in college football and probably end up being a Hall of Fame coach and uh, Won his national championship for the 250, 60 games, wherever many he's won. Uh, great guy, great opponent. He's done a tremendous job with North Carolina to get them in the Orange Bowl and how quick he was there and how what that program was when he took over. It's a, it's an amazing accomplishment again, but it doesn't surprise you. Everywhere Matt goes, he wins. And that's going to be a very well-coached football team who's playing great football and had a great win down there against Miami just a few weeks ago to put him in it. And uh, now we're going to have our hands full. We need to play a great game. But we're excited and blessed to be there and uh, looking forward to finish this season. Bet online has the Aggies as a seven and a half point favor, and I just feel like, man, I would not be surprised if the Aggies come out and blow North Carolina out. They they're angry that they got left out of the playoff, and I feel like they'll come out with something to prove against the Tar Heels and put it on them and say, "Hey, take that college football playoff committee. You should have put us in over Notre Dame, and it only helped their case. If if A and M beats up North Carolina and Alabama steamrolls Notre Dame." It'll really make the college football playoff committee look uh, look bad for not having flipped those two. But it is what it is. Anyway, that is uh, the bowl schedule. Quick note on outside of the SEC, the Ohio State-Clemson semifinal, which will be on Friday night. Of course, the winner of that will play the winner of Notre Dame-Alabama in the national championship. Clemson's offensive coordinator, they just announced, will be out of the game on Friday with COVID. So, what effect will that have on Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson offense? If it does, maybe that opens the door for Ohio State uh, to put up some points and maybe get out with the W. And so then we could be talking a potential Alabama-Ohio State national championship instead of Alabama-Clemson round three, four. Which one are we on by now? It's been a lot. But uh, that's uh, that's hearing from the SEC coaches ahead of the bowl matchups in the next couple days on or in the SEC. 
want to remind you guys, coming up next week on the podcast, you do not want to miss it. We're going to recap the entire weekend of bowl games. And we're also going to do a deep dive into previewing the SEC quarterback picture for 2021. Basically, I, I separated them all into tiers. You've got the elites. You've got the good but not greats. You've got the, eh, maybe this guy could be really good. Talking about Bryce Young there. We'll discuss all that next week on Locked on SEC. Make sure you guys are subscribed. We'll talk to you on Monday.